Pitch to Pro is the official podcast of USL Arkansas. This will be our platform to tell our story about the club and the special place that we call home, Northwest Arkansas. This is a journey. We want to bring you along for the ride. We'll share what's going on behind the curtain, help educate the community at large about soccer, our league, and give updates on the progress of the club along the way. Together, we'll explore and unpack our journey to professional soccer, the magic that is NWA, our community, and talk all things soccer from on the pitch to behind the scenes, telling the story of our club. Pitch to Pro Podcast is proudly sponsored by PodcastVideos.com. PodcastVideos.com is Northwest Arkansas's premier podcast recording studio. Equipped with industry-leading equipment, the recording studio and services save you time, money, and hassle. They are dedicated to helping you create, record, and publish high-quality podcasts for your audience. Be sure to check them out today at podcastvideos.com. Hello and welcome to the Pitch to Pro podcast. I'm your host, Wes Harris, Managing Director for USL Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas's professional soccer club playing in the United Soccer League. Last time we heard from co-founder Chris Martinovich about his background, connection to soccer, and to the Northwest Arkansas community. Chris, welcome back to the show. Uh, last we talked... We heard about how you wanted to, you know, more for the community that you came to love and live in and call home Northwest Arkansas. And you had just had uh, a few of the league executives, USL executives out in the market for a visit to kind of check out if this was a good spot for potential expansion for the league. Um, And so I wanted to kind of continue that story a little bit and build on what was the conversation around and what were things that you guys were talking about? Like why a lot of what we hear right through our journey is why soccer and why Northwest Arkansas? Can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I think that's a nice kind of jumping off point from last time we talked. Yeah. Um, it it is really great, great opportunity to talk to the folks in USL because they have a mass, they've been growing, right. And they have a really aggressive expansion plan. Um, and arguably the fastest growing league in U.S. professional sports right now. Yeah. Um, and and so we weren't on that radar, right, initially. Mm-hmm. Had that discussion to kind of at least start getting into the mix, right? But an expansion process takes multiple, multiple years, right, from beginning to end. And so we'll, we'll work through that What do you that mean? Journey. You can't just flip a switch and snap your fingers and there's a team here, Chris? What yeah. are you talking well, about? Part of it is, <laughs> part of it is, um, part of it's just it takes time getting the right people, getting the right location. All those things are important. The big part of it is making sure that this is the right market to do yeah. it, right? While my passion was was superseding anything here and any one person that gave me negative feedback, I was able to find 50 that gave me positive feedback on yeah. it. So that yeah. quickly changed and not changed, but really propelled me to keep moving this concept forward. Give you a lot of confidence. It did. It really did. Yeah. And, and that happened you know, over like the first year. Because at that time, it was still just a, an idea. We had a few meetings, right? Um, it was not taking a lot of time. It was just, I started to socialize and start to target certain folks that I think could really help build this, right? You want the snowball to grow and get bigger and bigger. And you, you physically, nobody can do this by themselves. And so no. I know what my gaps are, right? I had a lot of passion. Um, I love the sport. I love professional sports. I love how it can connect communities. I love how your families can come together at stadiums and kids can have memories for the rest of their life. And there's all these, you know, tangible and intangible benefits, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, I've never done this, 
right? Yeah. So while I've played the game, you know, I've worked in the business world for many years and have numerous contacts across U.S. soccer, um, I, I've never had the experience of actually trying to launch a expansion franchise. Yeah. And and so through that, there was a lot of, um, I'll use the word selling, which sometimes seems negative, but more so with outside people in the region, right? So right. it's making sure everyone at USL was constantly putting us above other markets, right? Because you're trying to get more their share of mind to be focused on North of Arkansas versus the 40 other markets that they could be looking at. Well, and this is something, honestly, that you and I's background in consumer goods, I mean, that probably prepped you a lot Absolutely. for those conversations because yeah. anybody in the vendor community knows it's all about if you're on a customer team, yes, you all play for the same company and the same team, but you want your customer to have the resources that you guys need to win and succeed and, and be growing and hitting targets and all those things. So I'm sure yeah. that that helped prep you for those Absolutely. conversations. Not only do you want your customer internally to have all the support, but when you're talking to your customer, you want to have more influence than the other exactly. guys do, right? Exactly. And and you do that through credibility and trust and building a relationship. It doesn't happen overnight. Same with this process, right? It just yep. doesn't happen overnight. It takes time to have people believe in what I was talking to them about, yeah. right? And some people were instantly on board. Some people took a little longer. And so we started to build that support. And we talked to different communities. And really the biggest, like people say, what is the what is the biggest thing about how, how to develop an expansion franchise? And there's a million steps to this. Wes, you're living, you're living a lot of them right now. Yeah. Um, it's the first and the most important piece is about where you're going to play and where the stadium's going to go. Yeah. Right. We'll spend a little more, more time on that. But that was the majority of the discussions, different towns, different individual landowners, different properties, bigger that, complexes, smaller complexes. What's the right setting? Yeah. Are you accessible? Are you open to all? Uh, are there entertainment things around the stadium that, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk more yeah, about yeah, that yeah. part for sure. But that was where the, a lot of the time was spent. That's where your time was spent after the, the league kind of came. They said, hey, here's next step. This yep. is what you got to look for. And yep. so you had to go kind of yep. on a, yep. almost like a real estate tour, right? Like yep. you kind of had exactly. to, do, you were doing this almost largely by yourself. At the right? beginning, At yes, the beginning. with the league support. But again, I knew the market better and the league did, but they started to connect with, you know, municipalities and chambers of commerce. Sure. And there was support systems that we started to build, right? And that yeah. was really important. Um, to move this further and move it along and keep progressing. And so it's just baby steps. It's just you're little by little getting more traction and more support. Um, interesting conversation that happened in the middle of COVID, actually the beginning of COVID in 2020, was that I, I was introduced to this gentleman named Warren Smith. And um, folks now know Warren Smith as the co-founder here with me in yeah. um, USL Arkansas. What I knew a little bit about Warren Smith, it was his, his path of success that he had um, previously. And so in that 2020 COVID window, um, we met, we sat outside of the Starbucks in Bella Vista, and I wondered why he was in North Coast, Arkansas. And Jake had reached out and said, hey man, like you gotta get with Warren. And I said, well, I kinda know that name. He's a pretty big deal. He's done this very successfully in San Diego with Landon Donovan in Sacramento, and come to find out multiple times before. And um, so we met and I said, Warren, you know, I, I'm, really have a, I feel like the community can get behind this. I'm getting so much positive feedback. I have a lot of soccer network connections. USL is very supportive of what we're doing. They want a team here. Yeah. They see what this smart community can be. 
And, um, but, but I don't really know how to actually do this. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was really open with him and he was great. He gave me a couple of pointers immediately. A lot of it was about the location, right? It really, really was a lot about the location. It's such a niche skill set, right? Like launching and starting a professional yeah. sports team. Not many people, it's, it's such a small community. Like there's so many sports teams all over the world, but it's such a small community of people that kind of have that drive and passion and find themselves in positions to be able to do it. And, you know, you being one of them with Warren and, and his background and his story, which we'll talk about. Um, but just super cool that, you know, again, love the game. It'll love you back. Another example of, of Absolutely. you know, kind of finding yourself. That contact right was only because exactly. I love the game. I was trying to help spread the game more, um, give more opportunities. And, um, and that's how it actually came about. And so when Warren and I met, Warren was at the time still uh, the president and operating the day-to-day -day operations for the San Diego Loyal. Yeah. And so, which is the last club that he founded. Um, we call him a serial found founder. Serial founder. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and he gave me some great advice and said, hey, uh, I'll hear to help. Let me know when you do. But I, I can't yeah. leave what I'm doing in the middle of his project. I think at that time they were only in existence for maybe a year. So they were yeah. literally in their still launch phase of it. And, um, and so we stayed in touch and kind of years went by, we crossed paths a little bit, kept updated about the different locations that we were looking at. Warren almost immediately started mentioning though, Pinnacle Hills back then. Yeah. I mean, he really oh, wow. was very singular. And we, you know, I said, I there's just not a lot of land there. Yeah. You know, cause at the time we were looking for 20, 30, 40, 50 acres. Right. So you kind of limit your opportunities right. of where to go. Uh, we thought it'd also be great to have some fields around it and maybe it's a athletic complex with stadium and we had we had some of those discussions with different different um land opportunities but um you do limit your your opportunities you also then also limit your access to population and how you how do. how close we can be to fun and exciting things that are provided by downtowns and their entertainment districts and so he 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 was talking about that really early on so we fast forward and we keep working uh, a few different angles in Northwest Arkansas, connecting with communities, connecting with people, building more support. The other big step change that happened at that time was we started working with Steve Lane at Collier's yeah. International. And, um, and, and that was a, a really tremendous um, uh, decision on our part to bring them in because they were able to do a real market analysis yeah. of, of, of the entire market from, from Northern, um, Northwest Arkansas and Centerton and Bentonville all the way down to Fayetteville, right? And now you obviously want to be somewhat centrally located. That helps. It's not mandatory, right? But it helps to it helps. to make it easy. You want to be close to a highway. Again, you could survive maybe if you're not that close, but it's always better. It's always easier. Um, There's been proven and Warren, yeah. has, Warren has done this and, and we've seen it in other teams um, that have been successful. And so Steve Lane was really the um, kind of the vehicle to actually get to where we ended up in Pinnacle Hills. And that was, we, we narrowed it down to like a final 15. Yeah. And through that 15, we started looking at metrics where, you know, where we had, you know, great community engagement. We had access to all different, you know, walks of life in Northwest yeah. Arkansas. Um, and we just kind of kept coming back to Rogers and Pinnacle Hills, Rogers and Pinnacle Hills. And, um, and, and that, that was kind of the biggest game changer because, you can do a lot of other things wrong. Mm -hmm. You can't make up for being in the wrong location. Yeah. And we've seen it with other clubs that haven't operated successfully. Almost always 
it's always been because they're not in the right location, right? Well, and something that Warren's uh, said several times that always sticks out to me is you need to be in a place where people are already used to coming and they already are. There's there's instances and, and examples of where pro clubs or, or teams have built a new stadium that is, you know, a big kind of swath of land, but it's come with a whole host of other development around it at the same time. And it's not, we build it and hope that they will yeah. come kind of strategy. Right. And it's really the, the kind of way to not ensure your success, but give yourself the best chance of success is putting yourself in a place where there, you know that people are already used to coming for entertainment and entertaining themselves. And that's why we love our location so much. And, you know, we'll talk all day about it, but, um, you know, that was something that, that really stuck out. And I think people get that right in the reaction that we've gotten so far. Um, every single time I don't, I have never come across a person yet. And as soon as we cut this, somebody's going to chime in, but yeah, I'll knock on wood here, but every single person has said, yeah, unbelievable location. Absolutely killer. I can't believe you guys got that. That's going to be so great. I can't wait to go to games there. It's going to be the perfect spot from, from soccer fans and non-soccer fans as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so while we were doing that and getting close to that property, um, I was also trying to learn a lot on my own and talking to other folks in the league that operate teams in other markets, yeah. um, sometimes bigger markets, sometimes small markets, just to educate myself and really keep progressing and figuring out how to actually maybe pull this thing off, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're starting to get some ideas that this could happen, right? At the beginning, it was a pipe dream. Now we're at the point where there's momentum here. We're starting to talk about a really great location starting to pull some good people into the process. Um, so now we're, let's say two and a half ish years in. And at that point, um, I, I did some, I did some trips. I went to different markets. I went to Greenville, uh, South Carolina, um, which is actually a really lovely place. Uh, if you've never been, it's really awesome. I've played a growing, there. Yeah. Growing region of, of the country. And, um, again, the game had connected me from New Jersey to a former U.S. national team legend, one of the pioneers of U.S. soccer named John Harks, who's the current coach of uh, the Greenville Triumph, uh, USL League One team. Very successful um, team as well, very successful coach. Tremendous background that he has. And we got connected to my friend Rob McCourt, who was my old coach at the USL when I played with the New Jersey Stallions. And Rob and John are two carny soccer guys. And Carney all like soccer It all leads back to New Jersey. I it know, always sorry. comes back to Jersey. So... John was just tremendous though. We still oh, stay yeah. in touch to this day and just gave me so many different pointers and watch outs and, and things to work on and things not to focus on that I thought were important. Yeah. And like I started thinking about what the stadium would look like. And John's like, that, there's, there's 4,000 steps before you actually get to that. Never like get there, you know, yeah. focus on the cri- the critical elements here is getting the right location, kind of reinforce some of the things that Warren was saying. Um, and then we talked about, um, other contacts and he connected me with other folks. And so I went to a game in Tulsa, um, um, went to, um, went to a game in Memphis as well. Mm -hmm. So I got to see multiple markets and through that you learn, there's some really great examples. And there's some things where I said, yeah, we're probably don't ever want to do that. Right. Um, I won't say what those are publicly, but there's a few, you know? Yeah. And, 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 but that's part of the learning process, you know? And so that was, that was kind of all happening as, Warren wasn't in the project yet. 
me and you haven't have barely just met barely just started yeah 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 and um and that was all leading to just building more support and momentum and so probably in the 2022-ish range at this point right yeah you know around that time so um should i tell the funny story about have we met, Wes? I think it's a good time to tell the funny story. Because I think the timeline correlates closely to this. It'll, it will, we'll probably have to repeat it in a future episode, but it's all part and parcel. How about a little the, sneak peek? We'll, we'll do a sneak yeah. peek. It's all part and partial to the uh, the actual yeah. uh, origin story here. Because so, you and I have been talking for quite a while. Quite a while. I, I had thought I was one of the biggest, if not the biggest, soccer fans in Northwest Arkansas. And I'm at a friend's house, and we'll get into all the details, <laughs> and we'll get all the details a little bit later on. Long story short, meet. Um, I get a uh, I get a, a comment from the friend that I was visiting, who is not a soccer fan at all. No, love what we were doing again, like just typical reaction, like love the idea, love the location, everything. Yeah. Um, but said, Man, I have no idea about soccer. I never watch soccer. <laughs> He's like, I'll go to these games because I think it'll be fun, but I really don't know what I'm watching. Yeah. And I yeah, said, yeah. that's great, but he goes, I have a crazy soccer fan who who would like love to talk to you and so long story short we'll give the details calls west it's about 10 30 on friday night west was still working at his job i was and came over at 10 35 and we talked for like about three hours that night and i realized that he truly was a bigger soccer <laughs> fan than i was um and that's where that relationship kind of started and and obviously progressed at a very very gradual but but uh rapid rate uh, more recently so yeah all these contacts and all these networks um just I was one help of many built man it helped build where we are today because you yeah there's no way we could do this without the community support period um, yeah so and we have talked a little bit about some of the tailwinds in terms of soccer and yeah. in particular soccer in the u.s yeah um, that just makes this almost, there's never a perfect time to do anything, right? We always say that like people, yeah. oh yeah, never a perfect time to get married. Never a perfect time to have kids. There's never a perfect time to launch a soccer club. Yeah. Um, this is almost darn close to it yeah. in, in terms of the United States and what we have going on. So yeah. talk a little bit about some of those things that we have coming. Yeah. Well, we have one of the fastest growing regions in America. Yeah, and we have you know arguably the fastest growing league and sport in America, yeah. um, and so that combination at a really high level just makes a lot of sense, right? Right. Uh, but then when you kind of peel the onion back a little bit, um, you start to think about where soccer was and what's happening right now in front of our eyes. And so I'm old enough that I could go back to the Pele games. Yeah, yeah. we thought soccer was going to explode, but the league was just set up to bring in these stars that had no foundation. When the money dried up from from the owners putting it in, yep. the league folded and poof, it was gone. There's, a great, the there's a great documentary on the old NASL yep. that's really, really good. Um, and so you kind of went dry with professional sports in, in the 80s and when I was kind of growing up, I watched the 1986 World Cup. The only game that they televised was the 1986 World Cup final. <laughs> and it was Argentina versus West Germany at the time, Diego yep. Maradona's big, big moments, right? RIP. Yep. And so that was, that was cool. I got to watch a game because before that we watched it on Telemundo. My dad would have it on Spanish language. We didn't know any Spanish, but we watched, that was how we watched it. You yeah. know, now my kids could turn on and you could watch almost any game in every country, whether it's on regular TV or streaming, streaming. in minutes, yeah. right? It's amazing the, where the game has gone, but few elements that happened along the way. The 1994 World Cup came here into the U S and it was still the most attended attended world cup ever 
So yeah, in terms of population, the U.S. in 1994 had the most attended World Cup still to this day, which is amazing when you just let that sink in for a second. It was wild. And it was also wild. where they were playing too, right? Which was Massive like a stadiums. lot of the, the NFL stadiums and things yeah. like that that they yeah. brought in. The 80 sport. plus thousand in many games. Through that, the MLS um, is formed, right? The World right. Cup kind of came and and, and really the, one of the mandates from FIFA was right. that have was... a professional league that is sustainable and can survive long-term. And so... Um, that started in 1996. So I was in college at the time, and we were just so excited. I remember going to the first uh, Metro Stars game at the time. They became the New York Red Bulls. Um, but that you was, and I were probably at a, uh, a same game at some point. Probably, I'm going sure. To, going to games. I'm sure we were. In the early sure we days. Yeah, yeah. I was there, and D.C. United, my team won you had a the great very run. first uh, with your with John your friend John yep, Hart, yep, so like yeah. it's legendary such, teams of D.C. United. You know, United. Oh, legendary. yeah, Marco right. Echeverria, yeah. Jaime Moreno. Main, amazing. Um, so kind of fast forward the league, um, I would say is surviving, but not thriving, right? Yeah. No. Soccer is still in its infancy stages. You know, no one's making money at this point. Like the no. league's just, they're subsidizing this to keep it going. And these were just pioneers and passionate, yep. you know, businessmen that believed in where the sport was going to go and man, were they right? Oh, but yeah. It was really rough early on. Um, but the game just kept growing little by little and the t- mm-hmm. U.S. national team starts to get better and then you have great success in the women's national team, right? Oh God, yeah. 99ers, right? And, and you'd go into the 90s and 2000s and we're dominating on the women's side and we're at least getting competitive on the men's side, right? Because you got to remember, from 1950 to 1990, we didn't make the World Cup. Nope. 1990, John Harks, Tabaray, Most, Tony Miola, Jersey guy, sorry. You know, again, make it to the World Cup in 90, go to Italy, get crushed, but you know, best kit by the way ever. Ever, classic. Yeah, it's classic. <laughs> and then '94, they get to play at home. Yeah, and I end up playing uh, Brazil on July 4th. Never forget Leonardo elbows Tab Ramos oh, yeah. and knocks him out. And that was the end of the game. One nothing lost. Yeah, but it was it was great. Like that act, we beat Colombia that year. We we're supposed to win the whole thing. So that really just started to grow the sport. Right now, we're at this level that is put dwarfs all of that. Oh that I yeah, just talked about dwarfs it because we have a couple factors, right? Um, the professional leagues, both the MLS and especially now the USL, right. is giving soccer to all these communities that didn't have access to it before. Right? Exactly. MLS, they're going to be limited to how many markets they can go to. USL's been able to go to almost you know, unlimited the markets for now. Um, at some point, that, that ends. But they've been able to bring soccer and professional sports to these great markets. And so as that progressed, the game is growing and growing. Now you have the world's best player, Arguably the greatest of all time. I know people. No argument gonna, for me. I know He's some people mine. are going to say CR7 or Diego Maradona or Pele back in the day or you know. Yeah, yeah. But listen, it's it's it arguably is always an argument, right? Just like a basketball debate in the goat with LeBron and Jordan. It's Jordan, but we all know it's Jordan. At this anyway, table, right? yeah, argue. yeah. <laughs> so you know, it um, that just started to really just snowball with this momentum. So the league's doing well. Both leagues are doing great. We now have Messi playing in the states. And it's just still the, the amount of attention is just amazing towards yeah. it. And then you fast forward, and we have multiple events happening in Nor- in in the U.S. over the next couple of years. We have Copa America, which is a championship of traditionally South America, combining yeah. all of the Americas together. It's going to be played in America, so yeah. the Messi will stay in America and play for Argentina versus Brazil and Colombia in America, uh, Canada, like, Mexico, all those teams. Kind of like the World Cup, but for the Western Hemisphere, Sorry. basically. Yep. Exactly right. Um, and then we go into 2025 when we actually host in America again the Club World Championships. This is where 
teams like Liverpool. Man, I got the plug to Liverpool Thank for Thank Tottenham you. Hotspur, Thank maybe. Manchester United, <laughs> Not Barcelona, Real Madrid, yeah, <laughs> Bayern Munich. Uh, these teams will yeah. come together and play a championship, and they'll be hosted in the U.S., which is which is just awesome, it's right? So cool. And then the big event, the main event, is the 2026 World Cup, yeah, which is just going to explode this 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 sport to another level. I can't in wait. America, uh, hosted by Canada and Mexico. And um, and the team's gonna ex- the World Cup's gonna expand to forty eight teams at that point. It will, and so you'll have even more teams and more numbers, and we'll break all the records again. We'll break our own records and for folks, sure. Folks in Northwest Arkansas are gonna be pretty close to some matches yep. too, with Sporting Kansas City uh, or probably yep. Arrowhead, actually the stadium yep. that'll that'll host it. But right. Kansas City and then also Dallas um, are among the host cities, and Dallas is even in conversations for a final um, to be held there. So. Uh, it's going to be great for not only the country again, but also this region being so close to some of these bigger games and, and stadiums and opportunities to go and watch. So you just said in, in episode one, right? Highly recommend if you can get to a World Cup match, it's coming and it's coming right to our doorstep. So Absolutely. this is just going to be such an amazing next two years of groundswell and continued growth with things that are all happening within the community of soccer and to be able to, in the background, continue to be working to build our club is just such a cool, you know, timeline and, and cohesion of, of coincidences or events or whatever you want to call it. Um, just this perfect platform to launch. So Absolutely. It's, and then, the timing couldn't be better. Honestly, then, it couldn't. And then after, after the, the, the men's World Cup, yep. you know, we've got the uh, Paris Olympics actually before in 2024. Right which isn't here, but it's yep. another international soccer, Sorry. you know, event uh, that's going to be happening to, again, draw the world's eye. And then you've also got the Women's World Cup, which is potentially, I mean, we're up for either 2027 or 2031, Sorry. one of them. Those are the two. Yeah. Um, um, the next tournaments to host again on the women's side. Amazing. Which is going to be important because, uh, as we always want to remind people, we're not just bringing a men's side. We are bringing men's and women's professional soccer to Northwest Arkansas. And so it's just as important on the women's right. side and the swell and, and, and the, the talent that's on display and the, and the 99ers and, and the U.S. women's national team is just as important to the history and the swell and Huge. perhaps even more so, right. you know, hmm. in terms of where we're at today. Right. Um, and so it's just that perfect time for us. I mean, we couldn't have asked for anything better with the location and, and the, the partnerships that we've gotten into place. And, you know, guys... We're just at the beginning. We're still here. Chris has been in it for years. Yeah. It feels like it's been mm-hmm. a second job for for years and years. Marcy is your wife. <laughs> is probably can't wait until yeah. uh, we we get to say, oh, okay. Um, but we're just getting started. Yeah. So as we are with the project, as we are with this podcast, yeah. we're just getting started. So guys, stay tuned. We're going to continue to tell our story. And uh, we're going to bring you along for the journey. So it's going to be a great ride and we can't wait to continue to tell it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Wes.